Welcome, everybody, to episode 55 of the Two on Three podcast, where two of your friends take on three topics in 30 minutes. You should follow us at Two on Three Pod on Twitter, and you can send us email at at two on three pod.com. I'm Chris, and I'm not sure where to pee. You can find me at CD Villasenor on Twitter, and with me is Ty, and my sense is that you don't struggle with such things. So uh, where can they find you on social media? I make all my waste in the same spot, at S-E-A-T-J-K. <laughs> the, the reason I open with that is I've been working off-site um, at a conference this week for work, and the... Uh, the, where where the bathrooms are that I that are most convenient for me are gender neutral bathrooms, and they are marked that way. Okay, there are two of them. Okay. Okay. So I'm not you know I don't have a problem with gender neutral bathrooms, but I've never used the gender neutral bathroom. Sure you have. Well, sure. But here's the thing. I was I didn't I wasn't prepared. I was thinking as I was going toward that bathroom, I was like. If I walk in there and there's a woman washing her hands, would I continue to walk in and use the urinal in that bathroom? That was Got my it. that was my first that was my first thing that crossed my mind. If or if I was peeing and a woman walked in, I, of course I would just continue to pee. I think I'd be more okay with that. But but the question I had for myself was, would I pee if there was a woman washing her hands? At the sink in the gender neutral bathroom. So I guess that was where I was confused. Um, most of the ones that are marked that way these days are just have always been that way. There just was a oneer with a locking door. So you're talking about a full on. This is a full walk in, two stand up, two sit down. Two so it's sit. a men's room, but they're letting the women use it. I'm not trying to be pedantic about the gender neutral aspect of it. I don't care, but no. if there there are urinals in this bathroom. Yes, but there are two bathrooms right next to each other, and they're both marked gender neutral. Like, not as one prefers male, one prefers female. Like, I could have walked into the left door or the right door. Sure. Okay, so have you gone into both of them? Yes. And are there urinals in both of them? Yes. Okay. All right. That's what so, I wanted to understand. So, so the, so I, th- it was only a, for me. It's not about any. It's not about people who need to use the bathroom. It's about me. How would I react to seeing a woman washing her hands in the bathroom? Would would I think it was appropriate to walk in there and start peeing while she was continuing to wash her hands? That probably requires a deeper discussion since this okay. isn't one of the topics today. Oh, it's not? But, I thought you were going out. I thought you were just going to get in on this. No, this is, <laughs> this is the opening. But now that I started with it, I thought it was just a funny little thing to share. But now all of a sudden I'm just thinking, maybe I should. I need to work this out. I don't think I would hesitate. Yeah? Yeah. I, I mean, first know. of all, there's no real guarantee that... Uh, I mean, I don't know what that person's situation is. So you Just because they... Uh, our outwardly appearance as a woman, I don't know. So I don't know what their comfort level is. I'm going to have to assume that if you're, if I walk in there as a, you know, a very clearly identified male and you're uncomfortable with the fact that I'm about to pull out my hog and let loose all over this <laughs> urinal, that you should excuse yourself. That's not really my responsibility. We're in the bathroom. This is the gender neutral bathroom. Now, I know Allie McBeal had, had maybe taken on this particular, you know, this subject almost 20 years ago. Yeah. However, I was, I was, I, as I was walking to the door, I was playing out the scenarios in my head. Like, what, what should I do? I was, I was trying to create a plan. Anyway. I mean, <laughs> I think you should do what you always do, which is not speak or make eye contact with anyone in the restroom and just do your business <laughs> and get out as quickly as possible. I'll probably, uh, I'll probably try to avoid the bathroom there. <laughs> maybe, find, maybe find one that's a little more conventional um, for me personally, just because. Oh, I'm you're so shy. I'm so shy. I can't pee with women watching me. <laughs> <laughs> I think I, at this point in my life, could pretty much urinate right in front of anyone, no matter what the situation is. <laughs> like, I don't even think I need, like, I prefer privacy, for sure. Uh, but if I, like, if there was no privacy to be had and I had to pee, I'd just be like, look, it's happening. <laughs> you, you could turn your back to a woman you don't know and just pee in the opposite direction, knowing yeah. that, she, yeah. Yeah. Well, uh, you're you're a better man than I. Let's Let's run down the show here. <laughs> Anyway, so um, tonight we're going to talk a little bit about meeting strangers, maybe the proper the proper etiquette for meeting strangers. We're going to talk about aliens. Yeah, aliens. meeting strangers. <laughs> <laughs> meeting more strangers. Yeah. And then we're going to talk about the John Wick of pet turtle owners, 
Speaking of strange people, so this may be this may be the stranger episode, the stranger the, things. Are we doing the OT too with some more strange behavior? We're doing it's all strange behavior today. I love it in the OT. Well, let's just get right into it. The uh, in this first segment, we're talking about the rule of thumb for asking a stranger and meeting somebody and trying to strike up a conversation. The rule here is that it's proposed is two questions. You get two questions to ask a person before before evaluating whether or not they want to proceed. Right? It's functionally if they don't engage with you in a way that indicates that you should continue to ask additional questions. And really, the rule says that if they don't ask you, if you ask two questions and they don't ask you one in return, the interaction is over. Yeah. Well, how many questions can I ask a woman in the bathroom before I pee? <laughs> two. <laughs> Do you? It, are, are you done? Do is you this, mind? <laughs> is this cool? Yeah. No, but that is a funny thing. So, I, this is a funny topic to me because when I was younger and single, the my job in my friend group was the group breaker. So I was, you know, friendly, mm-hmm. whatever, graceful charm. They would send me if there were if there were a number of young ladies huddled in a group around the bar or somewhere, they would send me in to break them up. Gotcha. That was, that was my job. That, I mean, that was that's what I, that's what what that's what legendary wingmen do. They they <laughs> so they fly in and they create a conversation. Now this is a, it's a, it's very tricky because right because these first two questions are very important because you don't want to come off either number one super creepy. Yes. <laughs> and number two, <laughs> super creepy. Correct. Now, now in the late 90s, mid-late 90s, this was much easier because I think phones. Phones are a big problem now in oh, terms yeah. of meeting strangers. Like, the, exactly. You, there's no eye contact. There's no, there's no just sort of looks and smiles or looks and scowls. It's just, it's just headphones and phones. Mm-hmm. So in this day and age, this I feel like... If someone's sitting there without a headphone or looking at their phones, <laughs> it'd almost be rude to not at least say hello or how are you. I don't know. What's a, what's a, I, I think it is it is it is it too much to be polite, or is it just too creepy these days to be polite? Even I'll say hello to anyone who I interact with in any sort of close quarters, right? Like just if I sit down at an airport bar, that's where I always think of this kind of thing because it's the only place I'm really talking to strangers. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I had to get uh, I had to go pick up my car from the shop today and I had to get a lift uh, brand name lift but I suppose sure. also a literal lift um, <laughs> hence the pun um, and the like you know normally the drivers like want to check in your name to make sure it's you I mean I look just like the picture that's on my lift profile so maybe it's self-explanatory but this was a woman driving alone and she didn't say a word to me like I even kind of got in the back seat and was like hi I'm Ty you know because the just try to make sure that I'm adhering to the customs associated with crazy strangers driving you around uh, in the ride-sharing app. But she didn't say a word the whole time, which I'm totally fine with. And then at the end, she said, thanks and have a nice day. And that's all I need. Um, it did. There was a point where, and I don't normally feel awkward when I'm in, in silence. Um, I'm pretty comfortable with it. But because she didn't offer me any sort of regular greeting, it was much more uncomfortable than if she had just said, hi, I'm such and such. Welcome. You know, are you Ty? And I could have just said yes. And then if we had said nothing else, I would have been much more comfortable because she stonewalled me right from the get go. I'm like, I feel like I'm invading your space. (laughs) Right. You didn't get the sort of welcome feeling that you might, might, might get from a service provider. Like, thank you for, thank you. Welcome to my place of business. Right. Have a seat. Make yourself comfortable. And I, I just, uh, but I do think this is a good rule, particularly for men who want to go hit on women. If you ask a woman two questions, she gives you flat answers without elaboration. It does not ask you any questions in return. That is a great si- signal for you to move on with your life. Yeah, and it works both ways, right? Sure. Yeah, I mean, if anybody, I mean, dudes do this to dudes. Like, if you sat down at the bar oh, and, you yeah. watch, and you were watching the game, or I'm eating some tater tots and some dude rolls up and is like, hey, what's going on with this game? I'd be like, I I don't know. I'm just, <laughs> I'm just eating tater tots, right? It's just like, please, 
please leave me alone. I think there are exceptions to this, though, because if you put on external um, signifiers that, like, don't be a poser, basically. Because I think to a time where I was in Hawaii and a guy was wearing a <clears throat> Washington football shirt and I was in Hawaii specifically, well, not specifically, as we combined efforts where uh, the, the UW basketball team was playing a tournament in Maui, the Maui Invitational. Sure. I was able to score, score some tickets for that. So we kind of combined our annual vacation and we built it around that we were gonna, I was going to attend a couple of games in this tournament. So on our flight out, in the rental car shuttle, the this dude's in the rental car bus wearing a Washington football shirt. And I sort of just, you know, we're sitting across from each other and I, I start to ask him a question, blah, blah, blah. Did you see, you know, whatever happened today? And he looked at me like I was crazy, first of all. <laughs> then realized that I was referring to his Washington shirt because I was wearing a Washington hat. And then he proceeded to tell me that, oh, I don't really follow basketball. And I was like, oh, and okay. And he seemed really put out by the fact that I had like, pointed out to him that he wasn't engaged in something that was I, you understand what I'm saying like he was wearing right. the gear in the place where the special thing was happening but he couldn't possibly have cared less right <laughs> yeah yeah it's, it's the uh, yeah because you figure right there you've already you've already crossed a bridge together right we're already wearing our fan gear right it's the I, he, you made me into the big gulps huh guy right <laughs> like it was I wasn't my fault that you weren't interested in talking about the big gulp you had it there <laughs> right yeah right no that's the yeah exactly or you're sitting in a or you're waiting to go into a restaurant or something and you say oh yeah yeah, yeah I hear this place is pretty good and you know looking forward to it there's like whatever. <laughs> like, I don't know I thought we were sharing a, because we're like it would be like standing in line for a ride at Disneyland and then talking about the ride. And the person go, I don't know. I don't know much about this ride. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, I think, but, we're, but in a world that is less, I would say, I'm going to say less polite or yeah. less, uh, less prone to casual conversation. Mm-hmm. Um, that this rule, this rule gets more important. You know, you if you're if you're trying to open the door to some casual conversation where you're killing time, you know, I don't I rarely deny people that. I usually converse. I usually engage with people. Yeah, unless I'm truly busy doing something like else. Like there there have been times where I would have been fine engaging, but I in fact was reading or writing an email on my phone and, and doing something important on your phone doesn't look any different than doing something totally insipid on your phone. <laughs> so it's hard to like hard to, you know, put out the right advertisement for whether or not um i guess i try to scowl real hard if i don't want to be bothered (laughs) right sorry dude i'm uh promoting my podcast right now so if you don't mind (laughs) exactly (laughs) but this happened to me on my way home um from a football game recently so this happens a lot with the the sports people so i like almost did the reverse to a couple of guys because i was lucky enough to attend the rose bowl but we lost and on the way home the the plane was mostly full of people, like it sad, seemed actually like sad husky people. Yeah, and it seemed like it was actually a lot of dudes that were had done what I did, which is a lot of dudes my age or maybe five ten years older who were able to kind of just jaunt down to the game and then jaunt back because I flew down it, went to the game and flew flew home all in the same day, which was a little stressful to be honest, <laughs> <laughs> but it worked out other than the loss. Um, but I like sat down and we're on the airplane now. Um, I had it had been it had been a long day and, and sort of a disappointing one, so I'm ready to pop in my headphones and just you know listen to pods or and, and then eventually maybe watch a movie on the flight home. And both gentlemen on either side of me wanted to like have a conversation about the game, and so I indulged it for a minute. But then I, I continued to put my headphones back on. But the one guy like really didn't want to let it go, so I kept having like take my headphones out to address him, and. Then, of course, first say, I'm sorry, what was that? <laughs> so you'd have to repeat himself. And this, he went like four times at me. And I was like, but after I'd already like, you know, commiserated with him about the loss. This guy needs to read the guide here and understand that, hey, I answered your questions and I put my headphone on. That means you're done speaking, sir. <laughs> right. The headphones go on. It is over. Yeah. It's over. The time for talking is done now. That's a, that's a fairly clear sign to stop. Now, here's the thing. If you're a single guy and you only get two questions to a prospective, you know, paramour, as it were, here's what you should do. 
hi, are you happy to be here? Two, That's are weird. you cool to do it later? <laughs> I think that would be, I think if you're going to use two questions, <laughs> if you're, if you're going to go, if you only get two questions, I think you really need to get those for, because if you, if the answer to the first one is no, I'm not happy to be here. Though the second one, you don't even have to ask. You can just walk off. <laughs> what? Wait, but what is happy to be here is so weird. i'm just trying to i'm trying to gather as much information as possible are are you here against your will are you are you sour at the world are are you happy i mean you could take that in a number of different ways but if the answer comes out yes in any way shape or form you gotta go with maybe are you free maybe are you cool to do it with me later (laughs) you know i think you could probably tone it down a little bit and still get the job done <laughs> but I'm only get two questions. I like no, I like this but, idea. But if you double, if you get two yeses there, you're just you're you're off to the races. Like I mean, throw the confetti and you know uh, settle it, relax and settle in and get to know each other. I once a little better. I once knew a dude in college who was that was basically his approach with all women, <laughs> more or less. Although I don't, I'm not against this idea that you could approach a woman, ask her like, "Hi, you know, how are you." You know, and then she gives you her attention and, you know, gives you a reasonable response for you to say, before I start saying anything else, when you look at me, yeah or no? <laughs> Fair enough, right? Right. Just yeah. say, you know, I mean, let's not, I don't want to bother you. If you know right now that it's a no, then just go ahead and let me know. I'm out. <laughs> Fair enough. All right. On to the next segment. We're... In the segment two, we're talking about perhaps visitors from another place in the uni- in the in the in the universe, in the galaxy, wherever the hell this thing comes from. So, um, astronomers, not astrologers. This is a common this is a common uh, a common mistake people make. Astronomers. By people, you mean idiots? Yes. Okay. <laughs> that 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 they've discovered something floating around that doesn't doesn't float around like quite like space debris. It's no. called it's called the Oumuamua. 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 Jason Oumuamua. He's the <laughs> star of Aquaman. I, I think it's Oumuamua. Oumuamua. <laughs> I'm going to apologize to all the Hawaiians out there for the for the pronunciation of this because it is a Hawaiian word, but um they think perhaps it is alien technology. Now you you you've been very interested in this story. Yeah, it came out, I mean, I think the original report is from the fall um uh, back in like uh, September or October, but what caught my eye about it more recently is that the head of the Harvard University Astronomy Department, one Avi Loeb, is the chairman, is basically saying that he's going to go ahead and say that he doesn't see what else it could be. Because of the pattern it takes through the, um, the solar system and the way it interacts, like it sits still for a while uh, and, and seems to be possibly observing before then like taking off. Um, and he, what I actually found more interesting than the, the Oumuamua, Oumuamua itself. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to laugh, by the way, every time you say Oumuamua. Oumuamua. I think I'm going to dub over every time we say it with the actual pronunciation. I'll get it off the internet. <laughs> um, that he talked about, like, the fact that it, it really turned, he, he made a pivot into his, in his comments about, like, being mad at his colleagues for not being willing to take the risks that tenure provides and that you know you have to cultivate your image in order to get tenure but the whole point of tenure is to allow you to kind of like go off the deep end without worrying about losing your job or take risks rather well science science is about making observations and then trying to draw hypotheses from these observations right mm-hmm. and he lays it out pretty well in the uh, in the in the article which we'll certainly link on the twitter but it's pretty compelling. Like yeah. I think the first time I saw this, I'll be like, "All right, you know, whatever." It's a light sail from a from a from a advanced race living somewhere else in the galaxy. Wah wah wah. I was like, and then I read this thing. I was like, "Uh, you might have a point, dude." Yeah, the the science makes sense. I'm I'm kind of excited about it. And then more recently, there's been some discovery of uh, 
radio pulses, fast radio pulses, which is the second time that's been discovered. Um, frankly, I think at this point I might just be grasping at straws to pull us out of this hellhole that we're existing in right now. It's like, you know, because we need one of these unifying events very badly. And although I don't think that at this point anything could overcome it, I think that at this point, if even if aliens showed up, people would be like, nah. Nah, <laughs> like, forget yeah. us, stupid. You'd be like telling me nah right until you got zapped into dust by the death ray. <laughs> I don't think it's real, man. It's bullshit. We need we need the Vulcans to come make first contact. Is that what you're saying? The, we do. Uh, yeah. I think it, I think it would put I think it give us some sort of a little more perspective. I mean, it's one of those those deals where where events seem very big, things seem very big around here, and then all of a sudden it's like, oh wait a minute, you're floating on this impossibly small speck of dust in the middle of nowhere in the middle of whatever but i think it would be cool to know that there are there are there's other other things happening in the in the greater universe in the greater in the near galaxy even and uh and what i what i thought was interesting was this thought that maybe because solar systems and whatnot move through the galaxy and through space that this was set up more like a buoy they, mm-hmm. they, because of the distances are so large, you couldn't possibly go from what they might think was Vega all the way here because it would take such a long time. But because Vega's in a different place and, and maybe aliens understand not just orbital physics and all that other stuff mm-hmm. <laughs> that they're, they're doing it on a, on a, on a solar system level. It's like, oh, if we set this thing here. This solar system, it'll run across the solar system in X amount of time, and it's not nearly as far. We couldn't send it directly to there, but if we set this buoy out, maybe that solar system will run across our thing. And I just think that's... I just I just like that, that scientists think this way. They have a... I mean, it's somewhere in between science fiction and, and maybe what's real. Mm-hmm. But um, but it, it is it is fun to see people imagining this as opposed to you know the typical crap on everyone's idea <laughs> mode that we're usually in this sort of the cynical oh you've got a bad idea oh your song's terrible oh your movie's awful I mean I fall into that just for fun most of the time but but uh, it's it is nice to see people expand their minds and try to figure out something something that that might not be obvious. Well, at the risk of, I think, repeating myself, um, when we've talked about aliens a little bit in the past, I think maybe I've, I've expressed this sentiment before, but when I think about whether or not, you know, just the likelihood of uh, a higher being, I actually end up thinking that it is just as likely that that ancient aliens bullshit is as accurate as any other thing we're positing with regard to a higher power, and really maybe even more so because math Right, probability is such that the universe, especially once you get an idea of how large the universe is, really, when you think about, uh, you know, in relation to the size of Earth, um, that it seems impossible that there wouldn't be some other kind of life form that on some other planet. It doesn't help that the spokespeople for ancient aliens on this planet is that dude with the crazy hair. (laughs) 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 It's not aliens, but you know. It's aliens. Yeah. <laughs> the fact that he's the guy carrying the torch for aliens on this planet isn't really helping aliens cause. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. Um you know, I mean the world's greatest thinkers were always thought to be mad before they were eventually proven correct. True enough. But in the if you if you take it from the the physics people will say that matter is made up of energy and energy is simply patterns. And that we're just currently living in an energy pattern. Now, in an infinite universe, any pattern that is possible, regardless of how improbable, will occur an infinite number of times. So, we'll be doing this podcast for eternity. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I know our listeners will be excited to hear that. (laughs) You're, You're coming back again and again and again. But, so is every other pattern. Which is inter- which is an interesting way to think about it if you're uh, if you're into that whole uh, if you like to do the quantum physics thing. Well, and there's a paragraph in here that really catches or caught my eye rather that I wanted to read. 
um, where he was responding to a question that says, uh, first of all, the concept he says is that we're primitive. And that's one thing I think humans of the modern age really fail to grasp is that we're really only a few thousand years, years into our species development. And what feels like the rapid change of pace of technology certainly isn't going to slow down. I mean, you know, unless we blow each other up, which is always right around the corner. Um, and the question is, isn't it easier and therefore more scientific to assume that we are alone until it's proved otherwise? Sort of that the absence of proof is equivalent to proof, right? And yeah. his response is, quote, no, anyone who claims that we are unique and special is guilty of arrogance. My premise is cosmic modesty. Today, thanks to the Kepler Space Telescope, we know that there are more planets like Earth than there are grains of sand on all the shores of all the seas. Imagine a king who manages to seize control of a piece of another country in a horrific battle and who then thinks of himself as a great omnipotent ruler. And then imagine that he succeeds in seizing control of all the land or of the entire world. It would be like an ant that has wrapped its feelers around one grain of sand on a vast seashore. It's meaningless. I assume that we are not the only ants on the shore and that we are not alone. Cosmic modesty. Yeah. I think, uh, I think that's a hashtag. Can we hashtag that? <laughs> sure. <laughs> <laughs> but that's uh yeah i i completely I, I completely agree with his sentiment now it's also i mean you can you don't even have to go out that far to to have some semblance of cosmic modesty in your own life and the life we live on this planet <laughs> so it's funny to think that but you know everybody's problems and because we are thinking beings regardless of how small we are in this whole thing because we reason and because we are thinking beings the problems that you face in your daily life tend to take tend, tend to draw your attention and and because maybe we're beings of a limited attention span things tend to things things tend to get maybe blown out of proportion sure. but are nonetheless very important to you and you know the people around you or the people you love so it's it's a it's a funny thing to have to balance cosmic modesty with with um i don't know what the opposite might be <laughs> Well, I agree with you in the sense that everyone is the star of their own little movie. And that's humanity's great failing, really. But uh, I also wanted to read this one, one last quote, which is, If you're not ready to find exceptional things, you won't discover them. Of course, every argument needs to be based on evidence. But if the evidence points to an anomaly, we need to talk about an anomaly. Who cares if this anomaly appeared or did not appear in science fiction books? I don't even like science fiction. <laughs> real science, real scientists don't like science fiction. Of course so, not. Uh, I mean, just, just for uh, them, if they're working on the edge of the subject matter, it just muddies the waters for their ability to actually make tracks with people who are skeptical. Right. It's like, well, Arthur C. Clarke didn't write it like that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Thank you. Speaking of being the star of your own movie here in segment three, we've got uh, a young person in China, who is the star of his own John Wick movie. <laughs> let me, let me, uh, pricey this for you. The, uh, a young university student in China finds a rat eating his pet turtle. Her relatively horrific, number one. I was like, if you were to walk into your dorm room and see a rat eating your beloved reptile, you'd be... I imagine you'd be taken aback. But this young man, being perhaps an overachiever, <laughs> takes the extra step by seizing the rat, killing the rat, and crucifying the rat outside his dormitory. <laughs> which, of course, which, of course, sent university officials into a bit of a tizzy. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> okay, a couple of things. <laughs> Isn't China one of the few places in the world where turtle soup is still a delicacy? <laughs> right. I think you can get turtle. Can you get turtle soup anywhere? I don't can you think get turtle it's soup allowed in, America? in most places. No. I really? mean, there might be some somewhere. But I mean, uh, they're endangered, right? That's the, the the endangered nature of. I mean, couldn't you go to Florida and pick up a bunch of just like box turtles and eat them if you wanted to? Well, I assume it's you could do it in Florida because there's no laws in Florida. <laughs> you can do whatever you, you can do whatever you want. <laughs> By when I did Google turtle soup in preparation for the segment, <laughs> the place of origin is China and Singapore. Got it. So I'm just saying, maybe this kid could have paused a moment and had a, you know, 
could have identified with the rat. <laughs> I, I put myself in this, but first of all, let's reestablish that he crucified the rat <laughs> and put it on display. <laughs> That's like, true. He did. He tied up the rat. It's unclear if the rat is dead on the cross or if that's not until later. And they say in the article that it's unclear whether or not the rat was alive before the burning. <laughs> like, why'd you have to crucify it? There's a lot of things you could have done to this rat that didn't involve you, like, evoking some of the, you know, the most horrific things in the history of humanity. Well, he, he loved his pet turtle. This rat had to pay. Well, I mean, I didn't see Denzel and Man on Fire go post some people up on the wall as part of their deal. What does he think he is, Khaleesi, putting the slave holders up on the crosses? He had a problem with this rat. That rat got what it deserved. Wow. Wow. I mean, that may be true, but shit. I just... What do you think is going to happen to this kid now? I mean, like, he's going to be on a watch list of some kind. Oh, for sure. I think, isn't there this checklist of whether or not you're on the road to being a serial killer? And one of those things is doing harm to animals, like undue harm yeah. to animals. Isn't that yeah. what this <laughs> I I do sort of make fun of it. But yes, he did crucify the rat and then burn the rat. So this this kid, this kid's got he's dealing with some heavy stuff right now. He's dealing with some shit in his life. I mean, most normal people would not have they might have captured the rat and killed the rat and then thrown it in the garbage like maybe yes this is a, this is a, this is a good size rat too if you look at this picture <laughs> it's, it's, it's a it's it's decent it's decent size so for him to i don't know did he grab it did he beat it with a bat did they uh, did they mention this i don't know they just say he kills it and then crucifies it but uh I just, I don't know what's going on in the uh, Guangxi Zhuang Autonomous Region of China. <laughs> but, uh, uh, and he's a, it's an art institute, too. So, you know, maybe this, you know, really feeling some feelings here. Got some uh, I guess emotion. So. He feels things more deeply than other people. He's an artist. <laughs> he's an artist. <laughs> I don't know. I, I saw, I just, there's just something that, about this article that, both amused me and disturbed me at the same time. And one of the things that disturbed me most was the pictures. And I, my sense is the this yeah. kid took the pictures because these came from the student who crucified and took pictures of this rat and then burned the rat and took pictures of that too. That's the part where it really gets messed up. And this is the things like... This is one of those things where it's like, this is not what the internet was meant for, but at the very same time, it kind of is, because you certainly never would have found out about this if there wasn't an easy way for this lunatic to post pictures of his rat sacrifice on the internet for everyone to see. And I want to know, I want more questions. There's there's not, it's unfortunate that this happened in China, because we're never going to get answers. <laughs> if some guy did this on in America, he'd be on the Today Show next week. Like, sure. What's going on with you? Right. Um. And I want to understand, like, did he think that posting the rat up outside was, like, a warning to all the other rats? Like, that if you were to commit a similar atrocities on campus, that this could happen to you? Right. I'm sending a signal. But the, uh, what if this is your buddy? What if, what if, what if you and I were sitting around and I said, hey, Ty, the other day I caught this rat in my house and it was, eat it ate my pet turtle. I was so pissed. I crucified the rat, took a bunch of pictures, and then burned it. <laughs> At some point, don't you have to say, you know, we, we should make some calls to, for you. We should, we need to make, we need to, we need to go down and talk to someone. I would absolutely be thinking, like, are, are you okay? Are you, are you feeling all right? You know, because you, you mentioned the thing about the serial killer and the doing, doing harm to small animals. And I can remember the seminal moment in my life when I realized that I was blessed with empathy and that was when we were in the backyard of like the 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 neighborhood kid who was always a little bit off you know the kid sure. that was just always kind of getting in trouble at school and and never really like seemed like he was that bad but just didn't really seem interested in like adhering to the societal rules <laughs> and sure he got an air rifle um and we're probably in fourth grade and he like shoots a squirrel 
off the top of the fence like a squirrel is like sitting on the fence and he just like shoots it with this bb gun uh-huh. and but right up until he did it i was like all for it and then as soon as it happened i was like i don't ever want to be a part of this ever again <laughs> and then later on as i got older like i've gone hunting for both game and birds um and birds and fishing i can kind of get behind like i, I can be okay with it but man the game hunting i can't it's it's you like, could shoot. You might. You you could shoot a duck. You could. You could fish. You could. You could. You could only if the duck is flying. And even then, it's sort of. I think the only reason it's palatable is because you're using buckshot. So when you go retrieve the duck, it's not all like mangled. <laughs> like I was witness to somebody shooting the head off a pheasant once with like they had, like they were wild pheasants on my grandfather's property, and. He took a this 12 gauge, which was way you know a much too large gun to shoot this kind of bird. He needed best a 20 gauge shotgun, and fires at this bird, and his head just exploded. And I was like, "What are we doing? <laughs> like we're just out here for dinner on the we on Sunday, and you're out here blowing animals' heads off in the yard. I mean, <laughs> what world is this? So." I don't have whatever the wire is in my brain that gets me excited about doing harm to living things. Got it. Got it. But I can absolutely identify with this idea that like having a psychotic break because you were so angry and you're a stressed out Chinese college art student who who knows what kind of pressures you're under from external forces. You come into your dorm room and this goddamn rat is eating your pet and you just lose your shit. And you're like, I'll show you, you motherfucker. <laughs> like, the only thing that gives me pleasure is the time I spend with my pet turtle. And right. now you rat have taken it from me. I'm going to take all... I'm going to take more than your life. I'm going to take your dignity. Rat dignity. Hashtag rat dignity. I'm going to fashion a makeshift crucifix. And then he like... It's wired. It's, well, that... it's really well made too. I guess art. St- I guess being an art student has its privileges. Oh, man, I don't know. Some hot glue on here or what? Yeah. It's it's actually all relatable for me right up until he burns the rat. <laughs> that's where it becomes like, all right, maybe you're just in a fit of pique, a little bit of a freak out. You want to show this rat who's boss. You probably clubbed it over the head. You you rigged up this thing. You're like, I can imagine just all the catharsis that goes into like stabbing the crucifix into the ground and tying this damn rat to it. But when you go retrieve it and set it ablaze, at this point you've had time to calm down. <laughs> You'd like to think. And that's really for me where it his ability to participate in society breaks down. Well, I, you know... I'm not. A, I I eat meat. I you know I understand that you know animals die and so that sure. I might eat them. I grew up in the Midwest where people do shoot ducks and deer and all these other things and all, that's all well and good. And uh, but yeah, I'm I'm I don't think I'm the kind of guy who need who could be the button man on like deer shooting and those kinds of. This is not this is not who I am. Yeah, <laughs> but I would crucify a rat. Let me tell you. <laughs> Well, that's what I'm saying. I, I, but once you set it on fire, you've gone too far. <laughs> Especially if I mean, if you're willing to set a living thing on fire, you're really just not fit to be around people or things, living things. Right. And uh, now we're transitioning to the overtime, and that means now comes the part where we throw our heads back and laugh. Ready? Ready. Ready. <laughs> Dad jokes of the week. Indeed. Okay. So last week. Okay, first of all, listeners, I want you to know that Chris tried really desperately to get me to read only two of these. Uh, he hasn't he he hasn't vetted them. He doesn't know what I'm gonna say. What I'm gonna share. I told him that part of the fun is that some of them are just horrific, and that's why we're gonna move through them just as quickly as we did last week. Although this week I have put them in order of preference, so we are oh. going to start with the worst ones. Oh, good. <laughs> yeah, and work our way to the best. All right, all right. Well, I like this. Are you ready for dad jokes of the week? Let's do it. Dad, will you make me a sandwich? Poof, you're a sandwich. <laughs> Not good. Did oh. you hear about the guy who invented lifesavers? They say he made a mint. Why do bees hum? Because they don't know the words. <laughs> Wait a minute, that was that was that was better than the lifesaver joke. It was like a, it was equally <laughs> poor. We're okay. getting into the good stuff now. Here we go. Alright, here we go. All Did right. you hear about the restaurant on the moon? Great food. 
no atmosphere. <laughs> Why do chicken coops only have two doors? Because if they had four, they'd be chicken sedans. <laughs> Why did, or sorry, what did the grape do when it was stepped on? It let out a little wine. Oh, man. <laughs> and last but not least, why did the Scarecrow win an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. Oh, but That's it for Dad Jokes of the Week. <laughs> I want, let me throw a stick on this fire. <laughs> that is this segment. <laughs> here's, my, here's, my, uh, here's, here's my Dad Joke of the Week. Um, where do you see yourself in a year, Ty? I don't know. I don't have 2020 vision. Oh, my God. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you. Timely. I like that it's only going to work this one year. <laughs> that's, that's what makes it a good dad joke. It's got an expiration date on it. Certainly better. This this week's crop of dad jokes, I don't think, didn't have a lot to offer. I'm going to come over there and I'm going to take that calendar and I'm going to set it on fire with a rat. <laughs> a crucified rat and that calendar are going to burn. Hey, look on the this bur- all Jesus over. Christ. <laughs> <laughs> It's a very specific threat. <laughs> Look on the bright side. At least the weekend only has one, so you don't have to hear seven jokes. There's only six. That's true. Also, you you you're not going to be here next week, so I won't have to endure this segment next. Oh, week. that just means that we'll have a double oh, no, the week no, segment the week following. <laughs> oh my god! Oh, oh, oh. oh Chris is dead. Chris has lost it. He's lost I'm his done. microphone. I've got. Uh, I fell over. I, I passed out for a second there. <laughs> Thinking about double double helping of dad jokes. <laughs> anyway. It's going to be spectacular. All right. In the OT, talking more about strange things, but maybe not as strange as the last segment. Um, what's up with Adam Gase? The <laughs> what's up with his eyes? Did he, like, did he just basically, did he drink a bunch of cold medicine? <laughs> <laughs> and and like and like got all wide eyed at his at his media day. I what what was going on there? Because I, I didn't follow up. All I saw was endless memes and and about this poor guy looking like looking like literally the googly eye guy. He was <laughs> like his eyes were spinning around in his head in some sort of weird and random fashion while <laughs> while while sitting on this dais like they're what hey here let us proudly introduce to you the new coach of our team what is going on with you man like we, we just you've just signed a contract for millions of dollars to coach our team and here you are sitting just sitting here looking like a goon what is what, what's going on with him well that's the question right nobody really knows and it certainly doesn't seem like it's going to go well if you took the jets job which we talked about last week being or maybe two weeks ago about being a just kind of a nightmare is that um, just the is that just the signal of like horrible regret <laughs> pouring out <laughs> through his eyeballs? I, it might be like, what am I doing? Where am I? There's a little bit of that to it, but honestly, you know, I mean, there was a lot of jokes made. There, there was some people on the in the comments of this article kind of getting mad at people making fun, saying, "I work with people who have a tick like this, and it's like kind of a mild form of Tourette's or just sort of an involuntary thing," but. If you watch other video of him with the Bears where he's not doing this <laughs> and then later in Miami, he starts to do it a little bit. And I have a feeling that maybe the big rolly eyes have something to do with the time he spent in Miami. I don't know if you know this, but Miami is famous for narcotics. <laughs> <laughs> Benvenido a cocaine. <laughs> yeah. It, having limited experience uh, with people who have taken some cocaine or maybe lots of cocaine, I have seen this look in those people's eyes and this whole thing where the eyes are darting around and it's sort of a, I'm, I'm, I can't look at anybody directly, so I'm going to keep moving my eyes around and as long as I don't make eye contact with anybody, no one will know that I'm fucking high as hell. And I'm concerned that Adam went to Miami and got a little too caught up in the local party scene. <laughs> it's just a it's a bad look i mean if you're the gm if you're the ownership of the jets you guys gotta be thinking oh god can we just get a break here can we just get can we get something to go our way because this is just a horrible way to start for uh, this is just gonna haunt him until he gets fired at the end of next season anyway so i don't know what the t- <laughs> it's a poor guy yeah i don't whatever he's got going on in his life yeah i feel bad because it's it's 
it's not there's no fairy tale ending here. Well, I think to wrap it up, we don't have to spend too much more time on this. I just had to mention it because it was so insane. But uh, the take I saw that I thought was most applicable was it took Adam Gase zero seconds to become a New York sports meme. <laughs> <laughs> Literally at yep. his introductory press conference. Yeah, you're off and running, pal. Yep. Oh. We'll make sure to share the gifts of uh, Adam Gase looking yeah, for around. Sure. For sure. All right. So... Um, in the last bit of overtime, foot, more football, more strange things. The president had had some football players over to the White House for some burgers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <I did. laughs> it reminded me of the old $240 worth of pudding. <laughs> and, and believe me, that would have been a lot of pudding. <laughs> But <laughs> I could I could just see the whole Levon and Barry dancing around. Oh yeah, Barry. You know what I did? I bought one thousand dollars worth of burgers. <laughs> I was just I was thrilled and amazed by it and I and I would personally like to be invited to a burger party, like a thousand dollar burger party. Sure. I mean I wanna go. But perhaps maybe when you're hosting the national champ, would pizza have been better? Well, he there was pizza also. <laughs> oh, there's pizza also. Yeah, it just wasn't in the shots. Man, thousand dollars worth of burgers though. What are you talking oh, about? Yeah. Where's this thousand dollars worth of burgers coming from? That's what isn't that what it said? I don't know. I wasn't following it that closely. Okay, so I was following it that closely because I was mortified by the whole thing. <laughs> <laughs> because there's just a photograph that just caught like there's just one that sums up, and it's just. It's the perfect distillation of who Trump is, right? It's just this take something nice and mix it with something shitty. And that's just who he is. Like, it's, it's the shittiest version of being pretend cool all the time. And I, I'm not, you know what? I'm not even going to get down on the whole he served fast food to the national championship team and how whether or not that's inappropriate. That's really neither here nor there. What it is is this, this theater of the absurd of him standing behind this banquette that's got... 300 hamburgers on you know silver trays <laughs> like actual white house silver with a portrait of abe lincoln like looking down on him as he stands behind this table with his hands out and this doofus smile on his face and the video of him introducing it he thought it was the best thing ever he thought it was the best thing he thought it was the best idea of all time and that made it awesome to me i thought it was fantastic it's who he is. And, you know, he even, you know, he thinks everything that he likes is what everybody likes. It's just the kind of person that he is because he's a narcissist. So if he likes it, it must be great. There's no, like, conversation to be had about it. Um, I would be pissed. I, you know, I mean, if, if I was the president and the one thing I know about the, the White House staff situation is that you can pretty much ask for anything you want from the kitchen and they'll cook it for you. Sure. That's the kind of thing where I'd be like, can we have like a multi-course meal where I get to make some selections? I'd get excited because that doesn't get to happen at very many restaurants, right? Where you get to customize your order. That might not be feasible for uh, entertaining a football team. Um, But the thing that really makes me crazy about Trump, and I don't know why it still gets me worked up because obviously it's what he's always going to do, is where he very clearly says in the original video, I know, 300 burgers and then we get some pizzas and then... Earlier, he you know he he misspoke and referred to it as Burger Kings plural. And that was funny in <laughs> itself because what the fuck are you talking about as usual? Um, but then like the next day, he's tweeting that he had a thousand hamburgers, or I should say hamburgers rather. And it, it's like we know that you didn't have a thousand. You told us twelve hours ago it was three hundred. What the fuck are you doing? Why do you do this? Like, it was already ridiculous. Having more burgers doesn't make it better somehow. It's so much better. These are tremendous hamburgers. These are tremendous American hamburgers. We're living in a world where the next day, the fast food brand, I believe it was the Wendy's Twitter account, or maybe, no, sorry, it was Burger King, um, is now trolling the president. Said, due to a massive order last night, we're all, all sold out of hamburgers for today. We're only, we're only serving hamburgers. After he did that misspelling, I started calling him President Hamburglar. That's what I put in the, in the talk <laughs> sheet. So, President Hamburglar. It's just, a, I mean, it's just sort of the lowest level of I'm driven by sensation. Yeah. Like, like a little kid is. And it's just, I mean, hopefully it's over sooner than later. But 
I can't help but be, I mean, other than the fact, if it wasn't so, I mean, if it wasn't worth, I mean, it's probably worth crying about, but since I'm not going to cry about it, I might as well laugh about it until, until such time as we can, you know, fix some of this stuff up. But, man, that, in, in a world of, of the more, if you're going to, if you're going to stack rank this stuff from really harmful <laughs> to the less harmful, yeah. like, this is a less harmful thing that made me laugh, and it's ridiculous, and again, sort of indicative of his administration, but um, look at all these wonderful American hamburgers. Great American food. (laughs) Great American food. Oh, Lord. Anyway, Ty's going to be off next week. I am. I've got to travel for business, and I'm going to be in the Eastern time zone, so I don't think I'll be able to make an appearance on the show next week. So I will... uh, I'm planning to bring on a guest... And uh, it should be fun. I think uh, we, uh, you know, giving somebody a giving somebody a taste of the of the podcast life. Someone who, uh, you know, it looks so easy when we do it. That's that's the thing, Ty. Right? <laughs> I mean, well, it looks so it looks so easy when we do it. Like any, everybody thinks they can just step into the into a podcast and just knock it out of the park, but they don't. They don't know. Well, I hope you invite somebody who embarrasses themselves. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> it, it either needs to be really great or an embarrassing train wreck that no, you know nothing else in between will 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 do for next week. So look forward to that, and uh, and I wish you uh, good travels and good weather. Thank you. Um, they made us sign a waiver for one of the events without telling us what the event was. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like they're like it's a surprise, but you have to sign this waiver, and I'm like no. <laughs> yeah, no, yes, no. Is it, it is, is it a rat crucifixion that everyone gets to everyone Good gets God. to perform their own? Oh man, I mean, I had to, I made the freaking auto body shop or not the auto body shop, the auto repair shop right up a new work order because I changed the service they were doing and I was like, I'm not signing this thing that says you can do the thing that I didn't say you could do and you're going to have to print me a new one. But at work, apparently I'll just sign whatever and just hope it works out. <laughs> We're gonna tie these forty-five pound weights to your penis. Oh my um, god! You might. Can you just sign this? Uh, can you just sign this uh, waiver? It'll be it's fine. Gonna, it's gonna be like It'll old school with the brick. Yeah, right. Yeah, stand on the edge of this building. <laughs> Do you trust that we've given you enough rope? <laughs> it's a team building exercise. Oh my god! Well, you signed the waiver, so uh, you know whatever. Whatever happens, happens. I guess so. All right. Well. Good luck with that. Thanks. And that's our show for the week. Our thanks to all of you for listening to the two on three pod. Please know we appreciate tremendously the time you choose to spend with us. If you don't already, please subscribe and or review on iTunes, Google play stitcher, and now Spotify. And don't be shy about sharing your thoughts and suggestions for the show. Well, well, I won't be back next time, but Chris certainly will with a mystery guest with more shenanigans. And until then, peace.